This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by AdMall, Sales Fuel's sales intelligence program for media and agencies that help sales teams sell smarter. Learn more about AdMall at AdMall.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Manage Smarter podcast. We are so happy you are here today. We're going to talk about startups and managing in startups. And I am Audrey Strong. I am the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I am Celie Smith, the President and CEO here at SalesFuel. And direct from Georgia, Drew Rhodes is on the microphone. Drew, thanks for joining us today. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. And I'll, I'll go ahead and apologize for my southern accent for all your <laughs> listeners here. We told him you're from Georgia. Yeah, so it was like well, the Georgia, you're United States. There. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. I appreciate y'all being here. <laughs> That's right. Drew wants me to introduce him as CEO and janitor, but what he really is is the CEO and co-founder of Aletheia Digital with his two partners. Just started that baby up in April of 2017. Prior to joining Aletheia, he worked at Sagamore Hill Broadcasting as its regional director where he successfully directed the station group, including two startup TV stations, Lake Charles, Louisiana and Watertown, New York. So Drew, you are the startup king. We're going to talk about managing in startup situations. Yeah, it's in your blood. Yeah, hey, let me just recommend, don't have four startups going at one time. It'll, oh, uh, it'll put some stress on you, make your hair white. Just a little. That? You know, but before we get started on, on, on that line of questioning, you know, I, I was kind of curious. It's like, how do you juggle then managing a mature property and, and, and keeping the cash flow in there while at the same time then trying to manage a startup? Because that's not something that a lot of established companies, especially media companies, do excessively well these days. Well, I mean, you know, I don't want to sound like a superhero. You, well, if you want a paycheck, you just have to keep on doing it and figure out how to make it happen. But uh, I was at the television station, the, the mature one, for 11 years. So not that, not that you have that on autopilot, but if you've been there that long, you kind of know what, where to troubleshoot, what's going to happen, uh, where the problems could exist. And so that's a little bit easier to manage. So you can focus on startups a little bit more, but still, I mean, it's all a balancing act. Anything you do is a balancing act. And, uh, but startups are fun, man. You get to go in. It's like a new area of the country. You get to, you know, learn about the people there. The one in Watertown, New York, I mean, that's nearly Canadian. So, you know, you're driving down the road and you hit scan on the radio stations and it's in French. I'm like, wait a minute. That's, that, <laughs> that's not Atlanta, Georgia, guys. That's not happening here. And, uh, you know, Lake Charles is different, too. It has a little French contingent, if you will, kind of, sort of. And, I'm, I'm noticing a trend here. There's a pattern here. <laughs> yeah, and so you go in those markets in, you know, Watertown. I love it there. The temperature is always cool, but uh, it's a depressed market. So you go in and you just have to realize we're not going to make as much money in Watertown as we're going to make in Lake Charles. And if you, I, I didn't even know where Lake Charles was on the map, but if you've been to Lake Charles, there's a hundred billion dollars, a billion with a B in construction, energy construction going on down there. And that market is booming. So, uh, you know, just, you just learn to manage with what you got. So what are some of the, or if you have a little case study or an anecdote, um, what is the, probably the number one challenge that managers face in a startup situation, other than having to be at 15,000 feet and execution level all at the same? And a janitor. 
and the janitor. That's right. You really are the janitor and the cook and the whatever else at a startup. Whatever job nobody else is doing, that's what you're doing. <laughs> that, that is. So my role was to go in and find a general manager to run the stations. So we were able to do that. You know, and then, then you can dump on them and let them figure out how to do everything. That's kind of how that works. But it's no, called you, empowering your manager. Exactly. <laughs> empowering your manager. But, you know, in their defense, they don't want to make a mistake. They're new to the company. So they bounce everything they can bounce off of you. Even what brand of toilet paper to pick. I don't literally have one guy do that. So I don't care. Just go to Sam's and pick something. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. Not the scratchy kind. Something yeah. Aloe vera. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. guys. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, you, you want to coach those guys up and encourage them because in a startup, they're kind of in a, re a remote location or a location away from you. And they don't know how your what was your culture's like in your company and you know they approach everything very cautiously and if anybody knows me I approach nothing cautiously so I think there's probably some getting used to that when I was managing those guys but um, maybe that kind of I can drone on forever but I think that kind of answers the question. You mentioned culture what's the culture like at uh, at the new digital company your startup as compared to Sagamore uh, Hill Broadcasting? You know what? It's, so we're all digital. Uh, I mean, we do traditional media too, but the focus is on uh, new digital media. And so that includes emails and display advertising and building websites. And, you know, so it's a little bit different than working in a traditional TV station. So our culture is cool. Our culture is let's have fun. Our culture is, I really have wonderful people with a uh, huge work ethic and, our culture is grind. They love to grind. That's just the individuals that we have. And um, they do a good job at it. And we like to have fun. We're always been relationship type of people, you know, um, my two partners and myself. So we probably value relationship over everything else, even probably money at some point that we mm -hmm. need to make, you know, money. And so we try to treat our people the same way. And I think that I think that's why they work so hard. I think they grind that hard because they know we actually care about them and um, we try to take care of them. Now, if they listen to this podcast, they'll go, say it with some more cash, Drew. Say it with some more cash. But, <laughs> But anyway, hopefully they uh, they get that feeling. Well, you know, I think that's one of the things that people try to put too much uh, thought into when it's like, okay, what's your secret for success? And what's the technique for doing this and everything like that? And with without hard work, you know, without what you call willing to grind or some people pound the drum or whatever you want to call it, but it's like, you know, put your nose to the grindstone, whatever metaphor you want to come up with. It's like, it really comes down, if you're not willing to put the work into it, especially at a startup, you're toast. You're right, Lee. I mean, you, you, you really are. And you try to balance that with some fun because, you know, you can grind all day long and, and be worn out after the whole week of trying to do that. So, uh, you know, I don't want good people running away because we grind too hard. So we try to balance it. We try to balance fun and but we're honest with them. Look, it's a startup. You're going to have to work real hard. But I think they'd like the aspect of a startup. They come into a company and they're there from the, uh, you know, from the ground up. So they're participating in so something. And maybe, maybe it gives them more meaning that they're building it, helping build it. than if you walk into a, you know, mature company, it already has its culture, its ways, it's everything else. You're going to be definitely conforming to it if you want to stay around. And in some respects, in the startup, you're helping to build the culture, and you're you're not exactly conforming. Everybody's learning to conform to each other, kind of. Maybe that sounds a little too psychological, but that's kind of the way I'd see it. 
Well, I, I know for me in startups, uh, I've always tried to help managers triage their tasks because it seems like it's just changing every day. Can you give us an example of how you've mixed up uh, what the fun elements have been with some of your staff? Give our listeners some ideas. Yeah, so it might be as mundane as we take them out to lunch, you know, for an appreciation kind of deal. Um, I'm big on incentive trips. So we're working on trying to get an incentive trip going, one, to go with your clients that uh, are your bigger clients. But two, I like to reward our employees and take them when we can do that too. We'll set up some, we're in the process of setting up some of those goals that they can reach to be able to participate in that. But um, we've got one room that has all of our musical instruments in it, electric guitars and keyboards. And we get mad, we go around there and, you know, blow some steam off. Or even when we're happy, we go in there and blow some steam off. And so uh, we might play ping pong or pull, you know, whatever it happens to be at the, uh, at the, at our world headquarters, I say here, but. Um, <laughs> okay. So, so do we, you, like, you guys have like a band? I mean, you guys like, like all play music and stuff like that, the same song at all or? No, no. So like one of our partners is in like a real band. The rest of us are trying to like imitate him and pretend that we're in his real <laughs> band. So, so we're not quite there yet, but we're working on it. How about that? Okay. That works. So, um, Give uh, less experienced managers in our audience a difference between, as Lee was saying, a mature company in a management style and other than the grinding in the startup style. What other tips do you have for them? So, hmm, I don't know if this exactly answers your question, but my management style, kind of one of the things that I guess helped me or the aha moment for me, there's a book and I don't even remember who wrote it, but you can buy it. It's called soar with your strengths. Have you guys ever heard of this? It is, it is, it's kind of the principle of this is fish uh, swim, birds fly and rabbits jump. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so what we try to do is we try to evaluate everyone's strengths and we just kind of throw out the, let's judge what their weaknesses are and then let's try to train them up and, you know, give them some remedial education on whatever these weaknesses are and hope to God one day these weaknesses turn into strengths. That's never going to happen. So what we do is we try to look at what their strengths are and we try to train them to be even better at what their strengths are. So I'll give you an example of that. I've got some fulfillment people that they are introverts. And so I'm never going to try to make them be a customer service type person. But what I found is interesting on some of these introverts is their emails are very extroverted. So when they communicate with the client, they're very, you look, I kind of look at them going, is that the same person? Are you kidding me? That's writing this. I'm like, all right, great. So if you ever have to communicate with the client, do it by email for God's sake, don't pick up the phone and call them. You know, I, I don't tell them that exactly. But we just, <laughs> that's one way to put it. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's one way to do it. And then, you know, I've got some that are so detail oriented, which is great. They have their place, especially in project management. But the thing I don't want them to do is, 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 uh, you know, design the creative for uh, whatever we happen to be doing. That's, that's another strength that they have. So I recommend soar with your strengths, kind of evaluate what those so, are the right people in the right place. You know, you mentioned book and that got me thinking about, you know, with a startup, there's no employee handbook. There's no rules, regulations, policies, and something like that. You're pretty much starting from scratch, which is also part of the fun of the whole thing. But true. Um, what kind of, uh, I know what kind of unusual policies or, or you know, fun things that you've kind of put in the company policy that you would never be able to put into a more mature established company. Well, I don't know that it's in the policy per se is, but we're very generous with time off. I mean, if you need to, 
you need to go do something during the day or if you need two weeks off or whatever it happens to be. And what I've seen is the payback on that is I get emails all the time of, uh, at all times of the night or weekends and I can tell people are working and I'm going, wow, they don't really have to be doing that right then. So again, we're still in the startup that that may be, go by the wayside at some point, but right now the team we actually have, we're small. So it actually works very well. Do you have a recommendation for what size a company needs to grow to before you start to implement that kind of structure and more formal set of policies? I, I kind of do when, when it gets large enough that I can't really have a personal relationship with everybody in the company. And then it's kind of like, well, uh, uh, okay. Uh, what's Bill trying to get away with over there? Because I don't know what he's doing, <laughs> if that makes sense a little bit. But, you know, I think there's probably a way to kind of keep that same structure and feel as long as you have good managers underneath you that can carry out or carry across that, that same corporate culture. And if you, you know, you put the right person in the right place that can manage the details of that. I'm hoping. So, you know, I've failed a lot in my career. So that's, that's how you, I think you learn to be successful is learn to fail and then not do it again. How about that? That, that works. You know, so this is an important question. So you're in Columbus, Georgia. So this is a very important question. Auburn or Georgia? Oh, oh no. Oh, I'm a South Carolina graduate. I knew so that, no but I'm talking about the rest of your team. <laughs> okay, well, so let's see. The rest of the team, they probably mm, – I don't think they care about either one of them, which is interesting, <laughs> but it's a good question. But the culture in Columbus is definitely Auburn or Georgia or Alabama. It's about That's a right. third, a third, a third. You're right there on, on that border there. And so just so, so people listening worldwide, Columbus, Georgia is different than Columbus, Ohio. Uh, one of the things that we have in common, though, is that it sounds like Columbus, Georgia is a great place for a startup. Columbus, Ohio was named the number one city in the United States for startups. So also a great place. And what I think I, I like about the South, from a startup point of view, people are friendly. But also that work ethic you talk about. People in the South are just, you know, they're just born and raised to be hardworking. And that's something that you don't get, uh, you know, <laughs> just, just about anywhere else. Sorry, I had somebody calling me. In the, it's your Darth phone. Vader phone. Uh, yeah, my Darth Vader. I hope it's money. I hope it's money. It's <laughs> funny. Oh, sorry about that, guy. <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. But yes, Columbus, Ohio probably is a great place for a startup, and Columbus, Georgia definitely is. I would love to hear. So, as you know from the podcast, we talk about managing, but we also talk about trends. And so, you're riding this digital wave, and you were over in traditional media before. I'd love to hear more about your thought on where things are going with digital. And we'd also love to hear a little bit about Aletheia and your web ID, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, great. So, you know, traditional media has slowed in growth, um, especially if you look, I'm talking in the, on the revenue side, but if you look on the, and I'm a, a TV guy, you know, at heart. So when I say this, it, I'm not saying it, hey, hey, ha ha, it's happening. But, you know, a uh, 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 television show used to get a um, 20 share. Man, that was a hit. That was mm -hmm. great. A television show gets a three share now. And all right, let's renew it for another 13 episodes. That's a big difference, man. That's, that's incremental drops. And so, you know, the reason why we started our business was uh, we actually helped start another company just like this one inside for Sagamore Hill. It's called Alligator Digital. And I could clearly see the money, and you can too, clearly see the money moving to the digital world. And even so much I've read to the, the SAS world, which is the, um, the programs that people have to keep accountable on digital marketing. You know, there's a lot of them out there. So 
you know, advertisers want to know that their dollar works. Everybody wants to know with all the technology now, is this really working? Is this really, are these leads really real? Is this really the thing that's going to help us move whatever product we're having to be selling? So I see digital just growing and um, it's not just, don't just take my word for it. You can read pretty much any report on digital advertising. It, you know, there's estimates out there, but yeah, thanks for asking about web ID. That is a cool product right now. It, we're the only people in the nation that are able to do this. I can put a pixel on a website, on an advertiser's website, and I can tell, identify 35 to 50% of the people that come to that website. So car dealers, oh my gosh, they're all over it. Um, I have a, a pitch tomorrow with a big company that's senior living. And so, you know, it comes time you know, that you have to think about placing mom or dad in a, in a home. The first thing you do is start Googling or whatever you want to call it, looking for the facilities around where you live. And then the first thing you want to do is look at the photos. Is it looking, is it a nice looking place? Yeah, yeah. Is put, it a dump? Yeah. Is it a dump? And then you want to know how much is it? So you're going to the pricing page. And so th that's the beginning of the sales cycle for uh, at least that industry. And so, you know, it has a longer sales cycle than probably some industries. And so they get to know exactly who's in the market looking for uh, a place for mom. I, I didn't mean to plug a place for, I think there's a website called a place for mom, but anyway, they get to look at that and that's very valuable because some of these companies, you know, charge 80% of the first month's rent mm -hmm. as a finder bird dog fee and our products a lot, you know, a lot less expensive than that. And so, you know, I don't think we'll have the, uh, I don't think it'll be proprietary for more than a couple of years. I think everybody will figure out how to do what we're doing with it. But for right now, we're trying to make hay with it and having fun doing it. It's always fun to go in and pitch people that want to be sold something. Oh my gosh, this is a great product. And they actually buy it. So uh, that wasn't always the truth. Uh, pitching some traditional media. I'm like begging, please buy it. I promise my <laughs> station's better than your station. A different Not really, but yeah. You know, it sounds to me like you, know, you go from car dealer then to, to nursing home to something else. But it sounds like your salespeople have to have like a wide breadth of knowledge across a lot of different industries and different customer types then because you're serving them with digital. I mean, there's and there's so many digital options that's there. So they really have to know a lot about a lot of stuff. Is that is that a correct perception? Yeah, no, I think, Lee, I think you're exactly right. We have to have some smart people and we have to be constantly training. And what I found is our salespeople, uh, you know, I guess if I'm looking to evaluate them, they're going to have to have a love for learning, especially in this industry, because it, it one, it's constantly changing. But two, you're right, Lee, it, it, there's a lot of products. There's a lot of different digital products out there and different ways to reach people. And all of them work. It's just what's going to work best for that, you know, client. Well, it sounds like you created something really special. You got a great team behind you and we wish you the best of luck with it. It's alethiadigital.com, right? That's Drew? right. And um, I love your Twitter, <laughs> your Twitter handle, Digital Gold Doc. Yeah, well, uh, forgive me. I try to have a little fun with it there. Yeah, that's fun. And um, if people want to reach out, do you prefer email or them ping you on Twitter? Everybody's different, so we always like to ask. Hey, however you want to reach out, just reach out. Sounds good. If you have money, if you're wanting money, don't reach out, please. Oh. <laughs> hey, at least he's, he's truthful, yeah, guys. You can't get for all of us. <laughs> oh, God, Drew. Well, oh, Drew, um, thanks a lot for joining us. We really appreciate it. Everybody, please subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend about this podcast, share it with your peers and your business networking circle. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks again. What a pleasure having you, Drew. Lee, Audrey, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I hope you guys have a good rest of the day. All right. Great to have you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.